we need to learn the importance of if your mind isn't right, your gut isn't right, your body isn't right, and I am not right completely. And you are going to feel the effects of me not showing up as my best self. Welcome to The Confident Podcast with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Season five brings us more conversations with fierce female leaders. We'll be tackling a range of career readiness and leadership topics, ranging from defining your career purpose to leveraging your superpowers and exploring key questions like, is it okay to cry in the boardroom? Episode two, should you take a mental health day? Welcome, welcome everyone. Hey, Liv. Hey, Well, welcome to our special Women's Day, Women's History Month episode. I love March. Me too. Well, I love March because women's stories matter so much and yeah. they're not always told. And in, in this month, at least, we get to amplify. For sure. I feel like throughout my education, I feel like I got a great education and I probably heard more than most, but I still feel like there was that gap missing in women's stories, women's history. And you have to think like, where would we be now if we had always told those stories? Absolutely. And there is a gap. I mean, the the data tells us that only about 3% of American history book text relates to women. Only 10% of the historical statues in our country relate to women. So women have always been, they've been in history. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, And so I've actually committed myself this month to reading as much about women's Mm -hmm. history as I can. And I'm reading, I just started a new book called Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser, and I'm obsessed with it. This book is about what happens when women are the storytellers. I love that. That sounds amazing. I'll have to read it after (laughs) you. And I know you're a gracious Uh, reader as well. But it's so important, like you said, um, to tell women's stories. And um, today we're going to be shining a light on an incredible woman and her story. And it goes into our season five where we're really tackling gender tropes and limiting beliefs. And um, this episode, we're, we're going to be tackling the limiting stigma of mental health and whether or not someone should take a mental health day. Yeah, which is an important conversation. So I know, I know, I know. we both feel the same. We have the mm-hmm. same answer. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hold on to it until we get into the conversation. Um, but it's going to be a good one. So let's go. Naisha D. Williams is a mental wellness practitioner, humanitarian, author, life coach, herbalist, yogini, and founder of Serenity for Mothers. Naisha's 20 years of experience in women's health, clinical research, consulting, trauma release, and urban community risk mitigation shines through in her newest book titled Forgiveness, Overcome Emotional Trauma, Heal Relationships, and Find Inner Peace in Just Eight Simple Steps. Welcome to Confident, Naisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) We're excited too. It's so great to be connected with you um, by the amazing, magnificent, brilliant Fran Hauser, who I know both of us adore. Um, And Fran is the ultimate connector. She is constantly creating value by bringing people together. And so I'm so grateful to her for that and for the introduction to you, Naisha. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I absolutely adore Fran. I just need to say that. <laughs> She's amazing. The energy she exudes, um, anyone she connects me with, I trust and believe that it is in perfect alignment. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, when she said, and then I read that you are the ultimate supporter of women and mothers, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. We got it. <laughs> 
So thank you for coming on to Confident Podcast today. And we always love to start with this kind of fun introductory question. Um, Naisha, tell us something that Google doesn't know about you. That is a really good question. <laughs> um, okay, so I come from a line of performers, uh, singers, dancers, actors, actresses, and I too traveled um, as the Plum Fairy for Alvin Ailey. So I don't think anyone knows that. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Not for like your kindergarten, um, you know, ballet show, but for Alvin Ailey. Wow. Yes. yes, yes. So now everyone will know. Like I definitely danced for Alvin Ailey and Ebony Dance Theater, but I really enjoyed um, being the Plum Fairy because that was my second year as Dancing Point. So... That's something that I'll always remember. That's impressive. Plus, the name Plum Fairy is yeah. just cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So diving right in, could you tell us about your journey in women's health and really what inspired you to found from, Serenity for Mothers? Um, yes. So I was, I became a teen mom at the age of 16. Uh, my whole life, I was nurturing and taking care of young girls and women. Um, so I graduated high school early. I always had amazing grades. I graduated at 16. I went straight into this uh, medical assistant program, which I graduated 17, turning 18. I got my first job at my gynecologist's office. So I became the medical assistant at my gynecologist's office. Worked my way up to become an LPN, and the, ma the majority of my career, I worked in infertility and reproductive medicine, so I was always helping women, whether it was emotionally or medically, um, just deal with their reproductive system, right, to try to have a baby, whether it was a diagnosis um, of cancer at 20-something years old, and she's trying to freeze her eggs, but just being there, um, so I was always around that. Now, later on in life, when it came to serenity for mothers, I knew from experience that women of color particularly needed to find a safe haven, a safe space, um, because when it came to their wellness, they were being looked over. And I wanted to eradicate that issue the best way that I could. So that's why I started serenity. Mm, I love that's, that story. Yeah. And so many different chapters in your life, which is, I think, something that all of the girls and young women listening need to need to pay, pay attention to, that it's not just about one thing, but many different chapters. And and likely, if you hadn't gone through those earlier chapters, you wouldn't be where you are now, founding this amazing um, community of women of color and creating the sense of belonging yeah. And, and and providing the services that these women need. So it's so incredible to hear kind of what led up to this. Can you tell us more about the community that you've cultivated? Yes. So Serenity for Mothers is a safe haven, meaning women who either have birthed a child or is helping raise a community because they are mothers as well, right? Where they can come and unpack and live in their truth, whether it's um, being supported by mental health coaching, being supported by 12,000 other women from around the world who sees them, hears them, and understands them. Um, we have different modalities like yoga, um, EFT, tapping. Um, we just wanted to encompass an all-around service where 
when women or mothers feel frustrated, they can let it go in this space and not only let go, but be rebuilt so they can go back out and tackle their day-to-day services or day-to-day life experiences. Uh, that's incredible. Amazing. I mean, that's so important. Yeah. Thank you. Know, you. As a mother of three, I can attest that the, 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 the rebuilding part mm-hmm. is important because those kids bring you down. <laughs> right. And then if you look at the stats, when it comes to women of color or moms in color, we are uh, experiencing the postpartum de- depression at a a higher number than any other mother. And whether that's because of socioeconomic disparities, whether it's the lack of insurance coverage, um, whether it's lack of access to college and having the the know-how or how to show up for yourself. And with that understanding, it was just important for me to be that conduit to help them grow and understand that wellness was not uh, a luxury. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and as a, I'm especially excited to talk to you today, Naisha, as a mental wellness practitioner, because I, I know, you know, but last week the CDC came out with a new report that was just devastating. And yeah. it was specifically about teen girls and mental health. And it didn't tell us anything we didn't already know that there is certainly a mental health crisis amongst teen girls um, coming out of the pandemic with social media but the numbers in this report were just heartbreaking. I mean, three in five teen girls feeling sad and hopeless. One in three uh, considering suicide in the past year. I mean, just devastating. So Very can you cool. help us make sense of this report? And and what, what do we need to do about this? So I'm probably going to say something that a lot of people will not support but this is just from experience. I feel like right now, this day and age, we're in a more emotionally craving time versus uh, intellectually craving. And I think we should listen, right? Our emotional intelligence is, is attempting to skyrocket. And right now, what I find in the school systems, we're worried about the grades and I get it, we should, right? But what is going on with the child? What is the child feeling? Why can't the child show up to get this grade? What's happening in the home? What's happening in the community? And I think that once we start tapping into the feelings, um, particularly social emotional learning, I think we can rectify a lot of these issues. There are young girls now who are comparing themselves to how you should look, right? Uh, What you should achieve by a certain age. And that accessibility to everyone in the world, I think needs to be monitored. Um, I have a, my oldest daughter is turning 22. So I seen from years ago to now, like what she had to endure and go through because she was either the darker skinned one or she was too small. Um, My youngest daughter is 12. So we just got her a cell phone. Now she has access to like TikTok. She sees that the other girls have certain things or look a certain way and getting attention from boys. Once we get to pour positively into these young girls, 
so they can understand that they are amazing and great and beautiful without the attachment of whatever they're hearing um, or seeing outside of themselves, I think that these numbers will go down. We're not doing that enough. And I'm 19, so I see everything and more that you're talking about in myself and my peers and, you know, everyone around me. And it's really tough. So what self-care tips can you give to the girls and young women listening today? So I love self-care. So I'm excited (laughs) about this question. Um, I want to just share really quickly, if you don't mind. So when I started my um, self-care company, which is um, like facial scrub, uh, soap, and et cetera, et cetera. I started it during the pandemic, in the beginning of the pandemic. And I started it with my two daughters. And the reason why I started it was because I started to see self-doubt in them. I started to see signs of depression. They were unhappy. So I would have them go in front of the mirror with me and we will positively affirm ourselves. So we would state affirmations, positive affirmations at least three times. And I made them look at their body and point out what was beautiful and why it was beautiful and to affirm every aspect of themselves. Um, Seeing that there was a complete turnaround. So I'm big on positive affirmations. I absolutely love alternative therapy. So journaling, uh, connecting to the outside world, whether it's hiking or walking, just connecting to nature, I'm really big on. Um, There are so many different resources that's for uh, young girls. I think that if we can gain access, whether it's like the National Alliance of Mental Illness, just understanding that there are free resources where you can express yourselves artistically for free. Um, I think that those are the perfect self-care modalities. So that's journaling, that's nature, connecting to nature, positive affirmations. I do believe in community. So if the girls can find community where they can be supported, um, expressing themselves artistically, whether that's singing, dancing, or acting, uh, these are all modalities that I've seen help young girls transform. I love that. And I do want to say that at Live Girl, we incorporate all those different modalities. Our our affirmation is I am smart, I am strong, I am special. And we say that at the beginning and end of every program and event. And then, you know, the alternative therapies is so big. And also, I just want to go back to your earlier point about being intentional about social media. Um, because I feel very grateful that Olivia actually maybe missed it a little bit. I never, meaning, no, she just, like, to me for a no, I'm actually, I'm so grateful. She's not really on social media. I'm probably uh, on yeah. social media more than she is. And I'm grateful for that because yes, I think it's true that, you know, you can use social media for social good, especially if you're intentional and curate your feed with uplifting people right. and organizations But too many girls and young women are just consuming toxic content. Um, You know, that saying uh, comparison is the thief of joy comes to mind. And it's just constantly comparing yourself to others and perfect bodies. And, you know, you know, I'm sorry, the Kardashians. God, I'm sorry. But (laughs) like in terms of what they, they single handedly have done for body image with girls. And, you know, it's 
it's all surgery and, and photoshopping and filtering. And so I just, that's one of my biggest things right now. I just think that we need to really wake up and, and acknowledge the role that social media is playing with our girls' mental health. I agree. So two things, if you don't mind, I want to speak to that point. Kardashians, I'm going to put you to the side really quickly. <laughs> so TikTok, they recently came out and stated that anyone under the age of 18 is going to have a certain time frame to be on their app. So let's say, for instance, you've seen it, right? So I think that that's a good step towards, you know, controlling the comparison. Now, when it comes to the Kardashians or any other (laughs) uh, influencer, I think that if you know you have a certain following and your audience um, consists of young girls and young women, I believe you have an obligation to live in your truth, period, right? But stating that sometimes you feel down, sometimes you think, you know, you question your beauty. Um, There were times where you may have thought of altering because of acceptance. By sharing your truth, you can help a list of people because now it gives them time for self-reflection and who they idolize humanizing who they idolize can go a long way. So yeah. that's just my thoughts when it comes to the Kardashians and <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> I knew you had thought about them too. So. <laughs> and I do think there is a growing wave of influencers who are like that. You know, they are making an effort to yes. body positive or body neutral and to do things like that and talk about mental health. But it is, you do have to be intentional about it. You do have to- Very much so. Yeah. Well, just transitioning a bit. So I'm season five um, here, no crying in the boardroom. Olivia and I are taking on some gender tropes mm-hmm. and some limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to really ask you as it relates to mental health about a, a limiting belief. Yeah. So kind of along with those self-care tips you were giving, should we, should people everywhere take a mental health day at work, at school, wherever? Uh, 1,000%. <laughs> 1,000%. Um, and again, we talked about this earlier, but we talk about it often where society is just catching up on the importance of mental health. Once we get to see that your mental health is just as important as your physical and it all correlates to one another, it all is working hand to hand, because we'll say, oh, I have a headache. Or, or my tummy hurts, um, I can't come in. But what if you say, oh, I'm feeling grief or there's sadness? We should hop to that just as fast as we hop to the, the tummy hurting, right? So I think when it comes to mental health days, yes. Not only do I think we should take them, I think the company should advise that that should be in their contract. Because if I'm not showing up as my best self, how am I going to help your business be the best? If I'm not right, how am I going to help your company be right? So mental health days, whether it's in a company or in a school, we need to learn the importance of if your mind isn't right, your gut isn't right, your body isn't right, and I am not right completely. And you are going to feel the effects of me not showing up as my best self. And once we figure that out and understand, 
um, we can change something, but I do think it's going to take some time. I do. Yeah, I, I we yeah, 100%, 100% agree with you. Um, calling in sick for mental health reasons is 100% valid. Um, we, but we do need to break through the stigma because I still think there's a shame. I think that employers, to your point, are not encouraging it. Not only are they not encouraging it, but it's just kind of like accepted that if if it's a mental health day, call out sick, but don't tell me it's mental health, right? Um, so I love that. And I saw this quote, Naisha, um, or this fact that just blew my mind. It said leaders have an outsized impact on mental health. In fact, a new research suggests that for about 70% of people, their manager has more impact on their mental health than their therapist or doctor. And like, Ooh. think about that, right? I mean, that that is just the stat that underscores how important it is that we break through this stigma and make it, you know, make it okay to call out sick for a mental health day. I think that right now we look at therapists or mental health professionals as the untouchable, right? I don't think that we see or understand that therapists have therapists, right? Because we're all people, we're all humans living in the world, experiencing the world. And when we hear therapy, the taboo, right? The stigma is, oh no, I can't or I shouldn't, or it's not possible. So when we see our managers day-to-day experiencing life, experiencing frustration and uh, overwhelm, when they say something, of course we gravitate to that immediately as opposed to the therapist. So it has to start from the top. These, These leaders and administrators need to start having workshops to understand the importance of mental health so we can bring it to the employees or the students. Because the truth of the matter is we know you're going through something. We're all going (laughs) through something, right? So if we can implement these wellness uh, companies into the workforce so they are taught that what you're experiencing is okay, I think it'll be easier for them to trickle it down to the employees or the students. It's okay. I'm experiencing something and what I'm experiencing is okay. So now I can express to you that it's okay. And I will accept that you need a mental health day faster. um, Once I know how it affects me and what affects me is okay. I can see you now, right. And your experience and know that it's okay as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's 100% correct. And with (laughs) that, um, we are obsessed with your vision to see Serenity grow into workspaces and do all these things that you're just (laughs) saying now. (laughs) You've said that when a woman is healthy and happy, the game changes, the world changes. Can you talk about why? Okay. So let's think about your mom, right? Or or any woman that you look up to. Think about the personality, the characteristic traits of a woman, right? How she thinks. Uh, She may be stern, uh, nurturing, meticulous, uh, strategy-driven, empathetic. Implementing all of those qualities into the workforce, how can a business not grow? right? We need to connect on an empathetic level. We need to feel the emotion because the avoidance 
of not dealing with emotion is what causes a lot of problems, right? So I think one, when we uplift a young girl, the world changes. And when we uplift women, the world changes because we bring a different aspect. We use a certain side of our brain that allows us to connect with the masses, not just limited to a certain gender. We see everyone because of that nurturing spirit, that nurturing aspect that we have. The feminine energy allows us to not see color, creed, or anything, right? We just see how we should impact, help, help, and uplift. Any business, every business needs that. And when we know that and see that and believe that, we're not only changing the home, we're changing the community, we're then changing the world. Let's start off in our house by supporting the woman, by supporting the young girl. This does not mean I'm leaving out young men, but let's support them. And once they feel supported, then they can go to their friends. And once their friends feel supported, then we can talk about the community. And once the community feels supported, we can talk about the state. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about the state, then we're talking about the world. But we have to see what the CDC is talking about. We have to listen to the frustrations of the young girl or the young woman. We have to support her and, and, and let her know that she is seen, heard, and understood. And when you feel that you are seen, heard, and understood, that changes the game. Okay, what y'all can't see right now is that Naisha just dropped her mic yeah. and walked away because nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> um, Onisha, that was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we salute you and 100% agree with you. Um, your message is so important. We could keep talking to you for, for a long, long time. We could but... keep listening to you, like just pre- oh, Yes, yes, yes. Um, but we want to wrap up with a couple of fun questions. We call it our speed round, just so our listeners can get to know you a little okay. bit better. Um, the first one is, what's one gender stereotype that you want to smash? Ooh. <laughs> There's so that many. That all women can cook and, and men can't? Because my husband can get in the kitchen. He can get in the kitchen and have me just be quiet. <laughs> Good for him. I'll come over for dinner. <laughs> Please. And our next is, who is inspiring you right now? Oh, wow. As cliche as it may sound, um, it's your age bracket, Olivia. Like, it's it's... It's the young girls that are advocating for change, not just mental health, right? Whether it's global warming or acceptance as a whole, your community is bringing in an energy that we felt that we could not, right? Whether it was our voice did not matter. Right now, I am inspired by that energy because it, it reminds me that my voice is a superpower. And it can create change. Now, if I had to choose someone like um, a famous person, I have to still, this probably is the same answer as when I was 13, say Lauren Hill. Mm. I love her. Love her. You hear me? Like just 
she embodies that. The, her voice is a superpower. Her truth is important. I can't show up for uh, my fans if I'm not well. And just being able to unapologetically say that, she She's earns my respect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm inspired by Gen Z and Lauren Hill yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> last question. What are you obsessed with right now? Ooh. On my Instagram, I do something called Teach Me Tuesdays, where I provide information on mental health for 90 seconds or less. I think I would say that that is what I'm obsessed with because I get to find different ways to teach people how to not only show up for yourself, but what are these diagnoses and you know, how can you still navigate life with these diagnoses? Um, I think that is absolutely fun. It's informative. And there are a lot of people that sharing it because they're like, hmm, that's me. But I didn't think that that was okay. So let me share it with the world to come out about my truth. So I think I'll say I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. Okay. I love okay. Like I'm obsessed that you just said that yeah. your answer is something that you're doing That's to incredible. make a positive and impact. Everyone listening should go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we are obsessed with you, Naisha. We and are. I hope um, in the show notes, we'll include info to your website and to Serenity for Mothers. You're doing such important, good work. Keep going, keep going. The world needs you. And thank you for joining us today on the Confident Podcast. Um, your thoughts and observances and messages are so important um, to get out into the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me.